What's up? Is this Kevin? Success. What's up, Kevin? <laughs> Welcome to another edition of Between the Fur. I'm your host, Ken, and it's Mascot Talk. Between the Fur. We are on another episode here of Between the Fur. This is Ken, your host of Between the Fur. Mascots talking about mascots. Today we have Kevin Vanderkolk from who's formerly known as Bango the Buck. And uh, he is he has not been with them for a while now. Kevin, welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. So uh, Kevin and I go uh, go back a ways. We didn't have a whole lot of interaction, but uh, we got to know each other on a few trips. And uh, we had some good times together. And But uh, I also have to say that uh, Kevin has also left his mark on the NBA in a big way. He was an amazing mascot, an amazing performer, an amazing gymnast, did some amazing stunts. That's a whole lot of amazing for this guy, but he, <laughs> he deserves it. So, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm glad to have you on here. I don't know why I haven't had, had you on here before. So uh, it's about time, though. Kevin, so, uh, you know, let's start out by, uh, by saying, yeah, thanks for being on here. And also, how did you, how did you get into this? Man, How did you start mascotting? Well, again, thanks for having me on. Um, I've been listening to the podcast. It's awesome. So it's kind of fun for me to, you know, check out the other guys' stories too. And, you know, you think you know everybody, but then all of a sudden you listen to these stories and you hear all these things that you didn't know about people. So it's pretty cool. Good. Yeah, I'm glad you like it. We, I've gotten to know these guys as well uh, a lot and, and, and hear behind the scenes and everything and learn a little bit more about them as well. So it's been fun for me. All right. So my, uh, my background, I, you know, if I think back and look at how I got started in this, I, I think I was, I was a gymnast. I was 15, 16 years old. And my coach was a mascot for the Fort Wayne Fury, the old CBA team in Fort Wayne. And I did not know that. Holy cow. I, I, I didn't think about it, you know, until, you know, I started kind of looking back at, you know, how I got started, but I would go to the games and I would be like his assistant. I would run around and pick up the Nerf arrows that he would shoot at the blimp or, you know, hand him t-shirts as he would throw them out. And I just followed him around. I had no idea what I was doing. He was like, Hey, you know, do you want to, you know, come to the game tonight? So for, I don't remember how long I did. I remember one season just kind of tailing him around and, and, and being his mascot assistant. And it was just fun, you know, 15, 16 years old. And I'm at these basketball games and, you know, just having a good time running around and, you know, seeing him break all the rules and, and getting away with just about anything he wanted back in the day. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, so it was pretty cool. And I think it was a, it was like an overtime game and they had nothing left. Um, and they asked me if I wanted to do some flips across the court. And so I got to a point where I was doing back handsprings from one end of the basketball court to the other end of the basketball court. And I did that pretty regularly, um, you know, towards the last half of the, the season with them. And then, you know, like, I quit gymnastics. I got a job, started the real world, and, and didn't really think anything of it until uh, I had moved from Indiana to Arizona, and I was coaching gymnastics. And one of my coworkers came in and said, hey, I got a call to try out for the uh, Arizona Cardinals mascot today. And I went, man, that'd be cool. That's a fun, fun gig. And he passed on my name, and, and uh, I ended up trying out for that job, and that was the first job I had. No way. So you started in Arizona. Yep. Yep. I started out as Big Red with the Arizona Cardinals. And it was just a, oh. a, a part-time, part-time thing where, um, you know, I did the games and about maybe 20 or 25 appearances. Holy cow. I did not know that. Okay. So, so, okay. So fast forward a little bit to, uh, to Milwaukee. How'd you get there? Well, so the, the guy that hired us for the, and it was me and my buddy, um, Scott Gavin, um, they ended up hiring us both. And so we, you know, both tag teams job. And, and, um, when we auditioned, the person who did the auditions was Kenny Glenn. Um, how do I know that name? Old Phoenix Suns, um, guy that he worked with, he worked with Bob Wolf for years. Um, That's right. So, so anyway, the Cardinals had hired him to, you know, hire him, you know, to find the big next big red. And, um, and he pulls me aside before I even did a game, before I did an appearance or anything. He just said, Hey, you may want to think about not signing a contract with the Cardinals in case your dream job opens up. Um, and I kind of looked at the guy like he was crazy. So what are you, what are you talking about? <laughs> What's my dream job? Um, 
and you know, and he went, said, well, there may be an opening, you know, that opens up or a job that opens up, you know, in the, in the summer and you don't want to be stuck under a contract here if it's, if it's a good opportunity. And I, you know, I kind of blew it off and said, okay, thanks. Well, the Cardinals never really offered a contract and it was just a part-time job and he never mentioned it again. And I didn't ask him about it and go all the way through the end of the season season ends and he goes, Hey, do you remember me talking to you about that job? And I said, well, briefly, <laughs> you know, what are you talking about? And that's when he kind of said, okay, well, the, you know, the NBA is kind of a bigger platform. It's a, you know, it's an actual career and uh, you know, there may be an opening in Milwaukee if you would be interested. Really? So he, so, so he knew, he, so he knew of a, was it open at that time? Okay. So, um, so I end up, you know, so, well, yeah, I would definitely be interested. He said, okay, I'll put you in touch. And um, I went out to, to Milwaukee for a, a job interview. And I met with the, uh, the game ops director there who was a former um, Suns employee and did game ops for the Suns. And he was now in, in Milwaukee. And um, he must have had a, you know, he was good friends with Kenny. And I think that's how the connection kind of, you know, came together and how I ended up there. But. I, uh, I went in and audition. I didn't audition. I went in and interviewed in, I think it was January or February. And, you know, the organization looked at me and said, uh, wait a minute, you've been a part-time mascot for six months and we have a mascot, but, you know, probably leaving after the year, we're not going to hire you now, but you're welcome to come in, you know, be on our interactive team and throw out t-shirts and do all that, you know, fun stuff and be a, you know, basically an extreme fan and I kind of laughed and said thanks you know I'm not interested in that you know I'll stay in Arizona um and that was kind of where I left it I thought you know the opportunity you would you know maybe they'd hold auditions in the in the spring or after the season was over and I'd pursue it then so anyway long long story short I ended up um getting a call back from Brian and he was the game ops director for Milwaukee and he said hey we're going to be in um we're going to be playing the Suns and I'm thinking about bringing the costume. Would you want to jump into the costume and do a skit with a gorilla so that the organization can kind of get a, you know, a feel for, you know, what you would be like in character. And I, you know, I saw it as an opportunity and said, sure, you know, I'll do it. <laughs> I've never, yeah, really, yeah. I'd never, I'd never been to an NBA game, but it sounded like fun. So I, uh, so I, the, the bit was, I was going to, I was going to dunk and the gorilla was going to, um, dunk as well and then afterwards I was going to hold up a, a ball and he was going to dunk over me and he ends up tackling me and dragging me off and that whole bit and you know I thought I thought I did a great job and afterwards he said yeah it was a good skit and then he got in trouble from the organization and said that he didn't have permission to do it and they didn't like how I was beat up and it kind of left a bad taste in their mouth so oh my like, gosh I was like that's not my you wound up but anyway, I, you know, so I kind of thought the opportunity was, was done at that point. Um, but I had never dunked. I had never hit a trampoline. I had never done anything like that before. So um, it was a ton of fun. And I, you know, I had a great time and enjoyed it and thought, man, maybe this is something that I want to pursue. Um, and another two months go by. And, you know, I'm still kind of picking up things with the Cardinals. I start doing more appearances and try to get a little more involved there because I'm liking it so much. And then uh, I get another phone call from Milwaukee saying, um, hey, do you want to come to a game in Milwaukee? So I said, sure. <laughs> You're going to fly me in for a game? I'll fly in to watch a game and check it out and kind of get a feel for the character there. And while I was there, um, you know who the old mascot was that I replaced? It was um, Dave Eberhardt. Yeah. And, and I asked you, I, that's right. And Dave's awesome. Dave was an amazing performer. Like he was an amazing dancer. He could dunk. Like I mean, he was he was a phenomenal athlete. Like he did a great job as Van Gogh. Um, and so you know, I, I you know I went and, and watched the game and was like, man, this guy's awesome. He's good. And um, I think my trip that I was there it spanned two games. And in between games, we had gone to the practice facility, um, and I was just jumping on the trampoline and and learning to dunk and and watching Dave and and hanging out. And it was a little awkward because David, I guess, decided he didn't want to stay in Milwaukee anymore, and so he was leaving. But he was done. With but he wasn't. Just, leaving, he was just done. But he wasn't leaving until the end of the season, and so it was kind of like I don't know. I don't know if it was. I'm sure it was awkward for him too, um, because I, 
you know, I didn't, it wasn't necessarily there for an interview. I was just kind of there hanging out, but I'm pretty sure he knew that, you know, I was the guy that they were looking to re- at to replace him. So anyway, the next day, the next game, you know, I walk into the, you know, the building and they say, Hey, De- Dave hurt his back last night and he's not going to be able to do the game. What? Yeah. He's like, you know, he was jump, dump, dunking yesterday at the practice facility and his back hurt. He's like, uh, do you want to do the game? I'm like, are you kidding? Like, and this is, I'm telling you, this is 2001 in late, I think it was in March, late March, when the Bucks were like one of the best teams in the East and they went to the Eastern Conference Finals that year. So it was a big game against Chicago, a big rival. Anyway, it blew my mind. So I jump in and put the costume on and, and do the game. And I did everything except dunks. I did intros, you know, timeout skits, did, did the whole bit. And then um, it ends up going double overtime. Oh. And I was spent, man. I mean, it was, it was one of the wildest experiences I've ever had. And then uh, after the game, they, you know, kind of took me out to dinner and said, okay, we're not going to hold auditions. The job's yours if you want it. Boom. Boom. Oh, my gosh. That's amazing. Right? I mean, that's just not your everyday story. And Like, how would you get a mascot job? But – no, I mean, yep. that's like the moon's aligning right there. It's just all, I mean, heck, that's like a miracle. Yeah, it was pretty wild. So, so yeah, that was, you know, that was in March. And so I went back to the Cardinals and I said, hey, you know, I've, I've got this opportunity with the Milwaukee Bucks. I just want to, you know, thank you guys for your time here. And they said, well, hold on a minute. Well, what are they offering? We'll match their offer. We don't want to lose you. We'll make it a full-time job. Um, and we'll offer whatever Milwaukee what? offers you. And I was like, wait a minute. So, um, you know, I kind of had to think about it a little bit and, and, and did some, some soul searching and just looked at the NBA as a whole and looked at the platform and that job and the opportunity. And, um, you know, I had no ties to, to Arizona and I was young, I was 21, 22. And I said, yeah, let's go for it. And so I, you know, I turned the Cardinals down <laughs> and, and jumped on the jumped on a plane and went to Milwaukee. And I was there for the Eastern Conference Finals to watch that whole run. But just as just, you know, not in character because Dave was finishing out his contract in the season. But it was a pretty fun ride. God, that's amazing. And then I go on to suck for the next 10 or 15 years. So I was like, man, this is going to be amazing. Like, this is what it's like. And then, you know, it's like you're two and or you're 10 and 40 and it's terrible. Yeah. (laughs) Believe me, I know how that is. Been there, done that. There was a season when we only won. 11 games the whole time. Oh, that was rough. That was a rough it's year. But it's painful, but it puts a little more attention on you, which is, which is great if you can, you know, if, you, if, you, if you're, you know, good at what you do and you love it and you, you can really thrive in that environment as a mascot. You know, I, I'm glad you said that because I just gave that same speech to my son who is the mascot for Cleveland. And uh, did you know, did I tell you that, did, uh, you know, yeah. Yeah. You know what? Uh, I, I had heard that dog. through the, through the grapevine and, and okay. I saw that when, you know, he, he was, when he started there. So I, you know. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Super so, cool. So yeah. And well, and, you know, last year he had LeBron there. It was all the hype. He was kind of a, a, a side, you know, kind of a side thing, kind of a, you know, afterthought for, uh, you know, for everybody there. And, uh, you know, they needed somebody to fill the costume, that type of thing. And, uh, but, you know, now, you know, he calls me up and he's like, man, this is crazy. This is like, it's dead here. It's, you know, our, <laughs> like, like there's empty rows. I go, well, yeah, <laughs> you know, now you know what it's, what it's like. I said, but it's really a great opportunity for you to shine. And uh, that, that, empty been, row, so. that empty row, that needs access to a whole nother area of the arena. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's right. You can get around a little bit easier yep. now. You, can, you know, I remember, heck, there were times when, Man, we would uh, our, our team, and I, I'm not saying who I who I uh, uh, am the mascot for, but at the same time, I'll tell you this: there were times when they would report like 3,000 people. We have 3,000 people at the game. I'd look out there and be like, "No, there is no way there's three people at 3,000 people at this game." I'm telling you, there's 1,500 at the most, and I think I have shook everybody's hand. So, but, but but there's something to be said for that. You know that interaction with those 1,500 people is pretty intimate. Like it's like you can make an impact. Oh my gosh, yeah. In fact, some of those games, 
were my funnest. I mean, they, they, they just really, I had the most time. I'd be out there the whole time working the crowd, having a good time. You know, I, I was relaxed. I was having fun. You yep. know, I wasn't in anybody's way or, you know, everybody's just there just to be entertained. It was, you know, everybody knew we were going to lose, but Hey, let's go and, and just re- chill and relax and have a good time. So yeah, for sure. I really, I really, uh, actually had, a, had, uh, you know, some of my favorite games back then, but, um, so, so back to you, you've got, um, so all of a sudden you're in the NBA. I love that you chose the NBA over the Cardinals. I mean, it, obviously, you know, you knew back then that that's a, it's a, uh, you know, you already mentioned it, that it was a, a much broader, much bigger, much, much, uh, uh, better, uh, stage, is what it was. Anyway, it is a stage and, you know, you get to, uh, you get to perform at a higher level in front of more people and more, uh, you know, more focused on you. Yeah, so, absolutely. And, you know, and the only thing I, you know, I only had that, that one, you know, one or two experiences, but I compared, you know, those moments to, you know, the time that I did with the Cardinals and the NFL, they have, you know, a lot, they're, they have a lot of rules, you know, they're strict about where you can go and, and where you have access to, um, and, and you don't have that stage. You get lost in a stadium of 60,000 people in the crowd. Um, but in NBA, like you can be, you know, you can be on the court. And as soon as the play starts happening, you can be right up in, you know, row 15, right in center court. And people are still watching you. And you can go right back out on the court on the next time out. So, yeah, I mean, just it's a stage. The NFL doesn't have a stage. But, but in the NBA, it's, it's, it's way different. Yeah. I love it. So, so- – you know, uh, I have to tell you something funny. The first Bango that I met had a much different costume, and I just, oh, I thought, oh my gosh, I lucked out so, so much. <laughs> um, you know, when, but his costume was was pretty bad. However, he spoke. Did you ever know that? Really? No, I didn't know he talked. Yeah, I can't remember. I I think the guy's name was Todd, or yeah, it's Todd. Todd McLeese. Ah, okay. So yeah, he would talk. Wow. He, he literally would just talk right through that thing, just have conversations with people, going through the crowd, mingling, everything. He just spoke. And I thought, holy, you know, at first I thought this is this is just too bizarre. This we, we you know, this is going against every rule. <laughs> right. This is just I mean, you're you're so just ruining that character. Well, until I went and I think I went to a game one time and or at least I was somehow around him at one point where he was talking and I thought, you know what? There is, there's no way I could do that. He is pulling that off. He's, you know, uh, I think it ended up that I think he actually got let go or something. He said, Oh really? Uh, was, was, is what I remember. However, I just thought, you know, the guy's, he's a great comedian. And I thought that's, that's more of where he deserved to be is on a stage. But, uh as a comedian but he was he was really good both in you know he made it work for for what he did so yeah anyways, no, i never uh, i'd never heard that before i um uh, yeah i can't imagine talking in costume oh neither could i and it would get me in trouble too i mean i'm just not that quick-witted and i would you know <laughs> if i had a voice i'd i'd probably uh yeah I was when I first start when I first started. I was even hesitant to talk behind scenes, like for fear that someone else would hear me talk. Like I thought it was a huge no no to talk. So I I I remember being at we were at conference in Vegas, and I think and this is and this is mascot conference. Yeah, this was so this just, was Indian yeah. mascot conference. Um, it had to have been right after my first year, and I think one of the speakers was um was Bellow the Clown. Oh, yes. And, and he, you know, gave this, this big talk and he said, you know, I talk to I talk to my plants all the time, like anybody that I'm going to use or pull out of the crowd. He goes, I'm talking to him directly. The crowd doesn't know it, but I'm speaking to him and I'm giving them pointers and I'm telling them, telling them exactly what they need to do and where they need to go. And I went, I had no idea because we had just watched his show. And you didn't see any of that stuff. And I'm like, wow, you can actually do that. So, so at that point I was like, okay, now I can start talking. And it ended up being a huge help, you know, to be able to, 
I, I would talk all the time on the court or to any of my plants and stuff. Like I was probably someone that talked too much, but not when I was in the stands and around people, but when I was behind the scenes and, and, and still in costume, but needed to, you know, get a message across. Cause when you're doing a skit or when you're doing a bit, you can't rely on everybody to explain it the way you want it to happen. So you got to talk. Yeah, I agree. And I, I struggled with the same thing for a long time. I'll tell you the first time I think I, the first time I remember speaking in costume uh, to one of my plants or, or whatever, it, it wasn't a plant. It was John Elway. And he, he, I brought him out on the court and had him stand there and hold the ball. And the bit was that I was going to run, jump off the trampoline, grab the ball, take it out of his hands, you know, dunk the ball. And, uh, but <laughs> that's a whole story. That, I mean, anyways, I ended up, telling him hey look put his hands up in the air i said whatever you do don't move please do not move and he's like oh okay okay i got it i got it you know anyways that then i proceeded to you know move the trampoline and and uh, the mat out of the way and left him standing out there it was awesome um but anyways yeah he ended up janet his wife came running out of the crowd and grabbed his blindfold because everybody was, you know, cheering and screaming and all that. And then he yeah. uh, he actually ended up turning and throwing a hook shot after she came out and lifted up his blindfold and sinking it. And made it, yeah, you, you can't plan that stuff. That's awesome. No, no, it was <laughs> it was amazing. So um, cool. yeah, that one I, I was actually told before the game: do not go near Elway, do not touch Elway. <laughs> You know, this is, this is job. You're, you're, you know, this is serious. It's that serious. Don't go near him. It's almost, and, telling, uh, you, it's almost telling you to do it, right? Exactly. Exactly. I was like, what? As I, as I go running out of the, uh, out of the curtain to go out on the court for that. Um, I yelled back to my assistant, I'm going for Elway. <laughs> All I hear is no behind me. But awesome. uh, yeah. Anyways. So, um, Okay. Tell me some of the the great times, um, you know, you had as Bengals. Some of your some of your best memories. Oh, um, wait, wait. Now, so what from from what year to what year did you were you there? Oh, so that was um, that was two thousand one. My first season was two thousand one, two thousand two, um, and I was there through two thousand fifteen. Wow, nice. So, yeah, okay, a good little run, a lot of fun. Yeah. Oh my gosh, yes. So okay, so. Some of your, some of your uh, best. Some memories. of the highlights. Um, yeah, highlights. See, I realized like once, once my kids got to be about you know four or five years old that you know they could they could get into costume and just kind of be little mini characters. And I'd seen you know some of the guy. I think I'd seen you do a skit like that before, or, or um, Tisa. It's it's been done, but um, there's something about watching your kids perform and and following you around and the way the kids re- or the crowd reacts to kids. It's just it's priceless. Um, and, you know, that was probably one of my favorite things that I did in my whole career is I had this, you know, Bango Jr. character and he would grow up like, you know, I was there for 10 years and, you know, 12, 13 years and, and Bango Jr. just got a little bit bigger every year and we got to do a little bit more stuff. But some of those skits and some of those moments with my kids performing was probably the, the highlight for me personally. Um, but as far as like, you know, stunts and, and things that happened, you know, the 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 trademark thing that everybody remembers and everybody knows now is the 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 backflip the ladder dunk. Um, yep. You know, people still talk about it. I I just had somebody the other day said they you know were watching a video with somebody and I don't know it still comes up. Um, something that will kind of live forever. Um, it still comes so up was, with me too. Yeah. It was oh yeah, I hear about it. <laughs> Man. Uh, yep. Uh, and that was, just, when you... that was just a circumstance of time. Like the moon's aligned, right? Because yep. I didn't invent that stunt. You know, Jerry had been doing it and, and Rumble had done it and he did it as Squatch. And so I, you know, I, I saw it and thought, man, that's cool. That's something that I definitely want to do. So it was on my bucket list of, of you know, stunts that I wanted to try. Um, and I think it was 2010, 2009 I did. I don't remember, but it, we were in the playoffs. It was the first round. And I think it was game, I don't know, it was game five or six. It was our last home game before the series went to Atlanta. 
and I thought, man, if I don't do this stunt now, I might not get a chance to do it because I was trying to save it, you know, for a big game and a big moment. But I wasn't sure that we were going to get another game at home. And so I was like, man, today's the day. And so I went to the store. I mean, I had to be at the arena at three o'clock. So I went to the hardware store and bought the ladder at like one o'clock that day. And uh, no, I strapped it to my yeah, car. Like, you know, I'm like, oh, crap, I didn't think about all this stuff. And so I got this big ladder and I pull in and um, I've only got like, you know, maybe half an hour or an hour of court time to practice between all the sponsorship stuff that's sold and shoot around and all that stuff. So I get this ladder set up and I put my mats out and I'm like, all I got to do is do a backflip off of this thing. I can do this. Well, I got, I got about halfway up the ladder and I'm thinking, holy crap. <laughs> How am yeah. I going to go to the top? Super high. It's super hot. And so, you know, I start going up one step at a time every few minutes and doing backflips off. But at this point, I'm nowhere near the hoop. And um, and I finally, you know, I, I got to a point where I'm like, man, this is, this is you know, I'm going to have to do this. Um, so I went up to the second to last step, and I did a couple of backflips, and I got comfortable jumping and doing backflips from the second to last step, not the top of the ladder. And... Um, and how high is the ladder so everybody knows? Um, I think it's a 16-foot step ladder. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, um, I think that's what it was. Right, it gets embellished. Like, I think I said someone tell me it was a 30-footer the other day. <laughs> <laughs> it always is bigger, yeah, as, as, as time goes on. So anyway, it's, yep. you know, I've got maybe 10 or 15 minutes left of, of court time. And I called Mark Taylor, and I was like, Mark, like, how did you do this? Like, how did you get to the top step? Like, I'm nervous about going up there and he goes well i worked on it for about six months and i had a pole a pvc pole and i'd go up there and i'd stand and hold on to it and then let go of it and i was like oh shit you actually practice this and like rehearse it <laughs> he's like and he's like when are you doing it and i'm like in about three hours <laughs> <laughs> so like, oh, i love it so i moved the ladder over by the hoop um you know where i you know i thought it would make sense to, to jump from and I'm like all right here we go and I did um I did one jump over the hoop um from the second to highest step and um it scared the crap out of me but I'm like okay I saw everything I'll be fine I grabbed the ball and I went up and I did it one time with the ball from the second to last step and I went ahead and I, and I dunked it I made it but I landed a little short and I kind of scrunched up my knees and it hurt, and I'm like, that's it. Rehearsal's over. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and pulled everything away, and I went back into the office, and, you know, my game ops director was like, you know, how'd it go? And I'm like, nailed it. Like, it's good. I'm going to be okay. <laughs> and so, so that was the game plan, you know? And then the fourth quarter comes around, third quarter break, and I'm like, this is it. Like, this is, this is going to happen. And I had never gone to that top step at that time. So, yeah. Time out happened, went out, and I I was petrified going up the ladder. You can see it, too. If you watch the video back, you'll see me get to the top, the very top. I go to put my left leg up, and I catch the step, and I kind of step back down. Um, oh, there's no a, way. There's a moment where I'm like, oh, crap. Um, and then once, but once I got up there, once, like, I was in the moment, it got slow, and it got quiet. Um and there was just a different feel. Like, I don't know. I like, I want to do another world up on top of that ladder. Um, and then I went for it and then I jumped. And the next thing I know, I was doing back handsprings down the court and, you know, it was on Yahoo's front page the next day and sports center and all this crazy stuff. But yeah, it was fun, but it was scary. Oh my gosh. Heck yeah. That's scary. And I've done, I've done that bit and I did not get to, and I'll admit this right out there in the public. I did not get to the very top of my ladder. Yeah. I went to the, you know, next step down. Yeah. It, but I love the fact that you pulled it off in one day and, did, you know, and that's just like Mark to practice, 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 do this thing, you know, work on it for six months. Right. Cause I'm like you, I'm like, eh, you know what? I bet I could do this tonight. Yeah. Okay. And then it's crazy because, I, I over and over and over I have done similar things to this so I can I can relate so much to yeah I'll just I, I can do this and you you wing it and all of a sudden it's you know all over sports center and yeah hitting hitting big but I love 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 that's that's 
I can so relate. Yeah. And, and you know, I, <laughs> I, like how much did you practice that? Like I wouldn't practice that like that. <laughs> That's just, I don't know. And I wouldn't, and I did a lot of, you know, crazy, crazy things, but I never really felt like I stepped out of something that I could do. You know, I, I get, I get in trouble or I get questioned from the organization or from people like, man, you do risky stuff. I'm like, yeah, but I'm comfortable. Like, you know, I, I, I don't think it's within my ability. So yeah, it's a risk, but it's something I think I can do. Right. Everybody thinks that you're a loose cannon. If you're a mascot and you put a costume on, you put that head on, and you're running around at a game, everybody thinks, including your staff, including your management, that you're a loose cannon. Right. Yeah. I had a, I had a but yeah. bit fall apart the other day because somebody just – yeah, they thought that I uh, was a loose cannon and they had to do a whole bunch of, you know, checking with so-and-so and checking with so-and-so to make sure that I had checked everything off and that I had let it, you know, everybody know and informed everybody. And I'm like, why are you going around? I mean, are you <laughs> you're questioning me? Come on, man. Are you calling me a liar? That's just kind of, uh, that's kind of the way it is, though. Like that, since from that moment on, I was never allowed to do anything without telling not just my game ops director, but I had to tell my VP what I was doing that game. So it, it totally changed the game for me. Like it, it became, I needed to get permission for everything I did from that moment yep. on. Like it was a game changer. Oh, I'm at that. I, I am so at that, uh, in that, uh, in that world right now, in that position. I, yeah, I'm there. That yeah. is where I am. Yeah. So I, and I've been there for a while now because of so many different things that have happened and, and close calls in their mind and right. things like that. But, but they forget that sometimes those best moments come from just trusting your instincts and, 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 you know, exactly. I, I have to give credit to, uh, my, my direct boss, uh, he went into a meeting the other day and some things came up about me and what I was uh, planning on doing things that I've done in the past and things like that. And, you know, what procedures were going to be from here on out and blah, blah, blah. But he actually defended me and said, Hey, you know, I go, I know you think you guys, I know you think that he's a loose cannon, but you guys are wrong. He actually is very calculated about what he's doing. He wouldn't put himself in harm's way you know, knowingly, he practices, he actually thinks this stuff through, you know, and uh, he doesn't want to end up injured or maimed or anything like that, and doesn't want to hurt the organization as well, so I was really happy to to hear that he, he said that, so. Yeah, that's awesome, um, it's, kudos, nice. it's always nice when you have a, a you know, a, a boss that has your back like that. Yeah, and gets it, so. so. Um, I have another story, speaking of of close calls and everything. I have to share something real quick with everybody, a story of Kevin and I, when we were in Paris together, we were uh, over there doing the French league all-star game and it was over new year's. So we had just done the, the night before we had done that game and we hung out in Paris uh, that day, but uh, or new year's Eve. And we were, uh, running around, it was you, uh, it was you and your wife. Yep. And uh, me and my girlfriend at the time, and we were down by the Arc de Triomphe for uh, we were milling around there and things like that before New Year's Eve. And we thought, oh my gosh, this is going to be the greatest thing. Scott Hessington had said, you know what? I really you know suggest you guys go down there. I recommend you guys go down by the Arc. Uh, it's awesome. There's so many people and da da da. And uh, I think that we had it in our minds that we was gonna we were gonna go down there. There's gonna be fireworks and music and you know things like that happening. Yeah, I was thinking and, like Times Square with the ball dropping yeah. and all this like you know a party. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So as we're walking around beforehand, all of a sudden uh, somebody I, I don't know if it was your wife or my girlfriend or whatever that said, "Oh my gosh, you know somebody's in your backpack." And I literally I, I'm spinning around while this guy's pulling his arm out of my backpack and so i pushed him off and said you know get, you know get out of here what are you doing and luckily he didn't take anything but there was some crazy things happening and when it came down to new year's eve the uh the time you know coming down to midnight there was i swear there was a million people on that road on that you know on it was, the it was I mean, we yeah. were shoulder to shoulder you could barely move like it was 
It was there were yeah. there were a lot of people, a lot of people, and all of a sudden, uh, it, it, it is midnight, and we're waiting for some kind of something to happen, and all we hear is like the the, the popping of wine bottles. Bop, bop. Not, you know, not even a, not even a big cheer. No, I, it was just like, like hey. you kind of look around, and there were a couple of people, you know, kissing here and there. I'm like, I think we missed it. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, this is it. So, okay, you know, within two or three minutes, we're like, well, all right, I guess we'll go. Yeah, so, here. Well, everybody else had the same thought, so everybody's starting to move at that point. That's when it got really tight. Yeah. But don't you remember, there was a group of kids. There were probably like 15 or 20 younger kids and they all ended up locking arms and they started swaying in this crowd. Of people. Oh, that's and right. They, and they would sway forward and they would push this whole crowd and people would you know almost fall over and then they'd push back. And it was like this, it was like a sea of just people getting shoved and pushed. And it was, it was wild. Yeah. And it almost kind of made me panic a little bit. I was, I, I literally was kind of losing my breath a little bit and uh, kind of, oh, I was really feeling anxious. There were, there was also a, uh, a, I know that there was a mother there with some small children and one of them had gone down. We were trying to help yeah. uh, them. And in the middle of all that, we're trying to get, you know, like we're, we get in a line. It was you leading the pack and, uh, then your wife, tell me her name again. I totally it's, forgot. It's Colleen. Colleen. That's yep. right. That's right. Sorry. So, um, and then her, then me, and then my girlfriend was hanging on to, um, onto my backpack and she had her arms wrapped around my backpack. And so we were moving through the crowd and all of a sudden she's like, Hey, I'm getting grabbed everywhere. I go, oh, you're sure. I mean, what's, <laughs> and I look around, I, I can't even hardly turn around to look at anybody. And I'm like, well, I'm sorry. Oh, just hang on. You know, I was trying to yell back, you know, hey, back off. Uh, then it happened again. She goes, I'm, I'm like, I'm really, they're, they're trying to go through my clothing here. And so I turn around and there was some people from uh, another country speaking uh, a different language. <laughs> they were not French. Right. Uh-huh. And uh, they're having all kinds of riots now over there because of uh, this situation still it just keeps getting worse but anyways so back then uh you know i i turned around and uh i kind of um got in this guy's face a little bit as much as i could i said you know get away from us get away you know and he of course wasn't speaking in english or anything but he was drunk and he was mad and he was in a group of guys and all i turn around and just as i turn around i see your arm come across over my head yep and i look up and you had just caught a wine bottle that this guy was bringing down on the top of my head. Yeah. It was he, right above he, my head. He was coming. He was swinging just straight down about to hit your head. And I just, you know, just instinctively stopped up and grabbed the wine bottle. And I'm reaching across everybody to get to it, just trying to diffuse this whole situation. Like, and it got, it got pretty intense, obviously, if the guy's swinging a wine bottle at you. But um, there were so many people and we ended up getting separated from them a little bit. But as we walked, like as we still tried to get out, I remember them. It was him and his buddy, and they, I mean, we locked eyes and stared at each other for probably 20 minutes in this crowd, and he kept trying to get to you. Like that guy was yeah. not giving up, um, oh. and it was it was out of control until we finally got out of there. But, um, yeah, yeah, it was scary. And honestly, I, I mean, that, that really could have – I mean, I could have died that night, literally. I mean, if it wasn't for the impact, I would have gone down. And then been trampled. Oh, trampled for sure. Yeah. Yeah, it was, man. It was, it, so. was, it was, it was a scary night, but it's, it's one that I'll never forget. Same year. One of those, uh, amazing miracles again and, uh, great memories. So anyways, look at that. Kevin saved my life. Huh, what do you know? <laughs> <laughs> so, yep. Owe him a lot. Um, tell me, uh, let's see, let's go back to, um, you know what? Tell me about uh, the Hall of Games, the Hall of Games Award, a uh, Hall of Game Awards. Yeah, there it so, is. Yeah, by Cartoon Network. Yeah, so I think it was at um, it was at All Star one year, and one of the NBA execs had had come up to me and told me that you know the Cartoon Network was doing this um, award show, and there's going to be a mascot category, the best best mascot, um, and he had nominated Bango to be you know in the uh, um, 
for the award. And so, you know, a couple months down the road, you know, it comes out and it, and sure enough, there's this, I'm, you know, I'm like, well, let's see if this really happens, but sure enough, it does. And it's going to be, I think it was the Philly fanatic, um, myself. Um, there was a, I can't remember who else it was. There was an NFL. Oh, it was the Titans mascot. Um, was nominated for the NFL. Um, and I don't remember if there was a baseball guy and I think the Phoenix Suns gorilla was there as well. Anyway, so we are, uh, you know, we're all nominated for this category and there's a, a big, you know, a big voting period where you're supposed to try and get people to vote. And then there's a show in LA. Um, and so we put together a big campaign and, and everyone thinks, oh man, the Philly fanatic's going to win. Cause he's, you know, he was kind of, popular mascot and he's got the notoriety and the you know the he's got the name he's got the name and you know here i am from from milwaukee and nobody really knows who bango is but it was fresh off the the ladder dunk and so i had a little bit of um you know credibility or recognizability anyway so (laughs) so it uh it comes down and and we get to the the hall of game awards and they don't tell us who's going to win um all the other awards are you know, presented to the people and they have the, the winner there and, but they were holding the mascots, you know, to be, cause we were there for entertainment as well. And so we entertained throughout the whole show, but they were not going to reveal who it was. And so I remember being in the back, like, you know, talking about, you know, how it's going to go and what we're going to do on stage. And the Philly fanatic looks over at everybody and he goes, okay, guys, here's what's going to happen. When I win, when they announce me as the winner, <laughs> I want you guys, I'm going to like, pass over and faint i want you guys to come over and like try to resuscitate me and he had like this whole plan like about how you know how he's gonna win i'm like oh i'm so irritated um that he just assumed that he was the winner um but that's oh what God. it was and then sure enough you know the uh, final award comes and you know they announced bango as the winner and i was pretty pumped but i just loved sticking it to the philly fanatic but <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome oh but, but nothing against the guy. He's I, I, a great guy. Like, I know, Philly, no, no, no. Philly Fanatic's awesome. It was just kind of fun. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah. So, also, okay. So, one of the things that uh, I hear about all the time, too, is um, the Hulu thing. And now, so I have to, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to preempt this story real quick because I want to hear all about it. But I'm going to preempt this a little bit by uh, just mentioning, just mentioning, because I have to, um, that. I got word, and I don't know the whole, you know, choice, the whole, you know, the, 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 the selection process for this. Sure. But I, I got a call uh, about that Hulu thing, and, and it was kind of um, – it was one of those – you know, I, I, if I remember right, it was, hey, you know, we're putting feelers out to see who would be interested in doing this. We want to – you know, the, the Hulu wants to uh, do a feature on a – you know, NBA mascot, a uh, college mascot, a high school mascot. And, and anyway, so I, you know, I was like, hey, I, I'd totally be, you know, interested in this. And from what they said and, and whatever. So I went to my boss at the time and said, hey, I think this would be a great opportunity. Uh, and it sounds really cool and everything. Literally, he sat back in his chair and just went, uh, no, I don't think so. And uh, he's like, yeah, whatever, uh, you know, I, that's we're not going to do that. Not interested. I think, I, that was, there like, I think that was the, the consensus or the response that they got from several, some from several of the teams. Yeah. Oh yeah. And I'm, I'm sure they did. So um, anyways, but afterwards, uh, you know, I just, I, I wanted to go back to him and just go, Hmm. Yeah. How do you feel about that now? You know, <laughs> cause they did it so well. And, you know, and you, it just made you and the profession and the team just look so good. So well, thanks, thanks for saying that. You know, that was, that was part of the, I mean, you deserved it. You deserved it. Absolutely deserved it. I mean, you've got such talent and I, I really feel that, you know, the, the league is, is lacking, you know, having you out of it um, now, but, uh, but anyways, totally deserve it. And anyway, so, t- so tell me about that. Well, it, you know, it was, it was, you know, same thing where they called and they were just putting out feelers. Like, would you be interested in this? Um, and I was, you know, I was intrigued. And so I, before I went to my organization though, I tried to get as much information as I could. And I basically, I had told the, 
producers of the show that I said, I know what you're trying to do. I said, but I don't want it to be about me. I want it to be about the character and, and try to pitch it to my team is, Hey, this is going to good be, for the brand. This is going to be good for the brand. Um, and, and it's not just about me and my story. Um, and I think I had convinced myself in my head that that's the way it was going to be. <laughs> you know, this, this is the way I'm going into it. Like I approached the whole thing is like, this is all about Bango. And it wasn't until after we started filming and doing the first episodes, I'm like, oh, crap, this is me. <laughs> uh, but, you know, at the same point, you know, I, I was very careful and wanted to protect the brand. And, and um, you know, it's always important to keep the, you know, identity of the character, you know, unknown. And so that was it was a big decision to make. And I had been there for at the time, I think, 11, 12 years. Um, and I felt like I had established enough um, I don't know. I felt like I had established enough of a presence or respect to where I could get away with it. Um, people kind of knew who I was at that point being in the community that long. Um, so, so yeah, it was just a, it was just a cool opportunity. And like you said, those guys did a phenomenal job with it. Um, the director, Josh Greenbaum was just, you know, an amazing guy himself and he just passionately loved mascots and this was his brainchild and, and he had a vision, and it was just something really cool and unique to be a part of. And I was very fortunate to, you know, to, you know, to do it. Yeah. If you have not seen it, anybody and everybody out there, if you have not seen it, go on to Hulu. Um, what's what's the search again on it? Yeah, it's uh, it's called Behind the Mask, and it's that's right, one. that's right. Yep. And I was uh, part of season one, um, and they did go on to do a second season, and and my team had said no to the second season. Um, Unfortunately, because I had decided that I was going to be leaving, um, when I decided to, to, to hang it up and retire, um, it would have fit perfectly in with season two, but the organization felt like it would have been too much to move on and too hard to move on with me leaving and telling that side of the story and then getting the new mascot. And they were worried about exposing the new person. Um, so they opted to not do the second season, which was kind of a bummer, but. I think it really is unfortunate. It really could have, uh, I think it could have played to their advantage, but oh well. Yep. Well, that's, that's yeah. the fight we put up with every day, right? Yep. <laughs> yep. So well, I, don't um, put up with those, I don't put up with those fights anymore though. Nope. Nope. Tell me what you're doing now. Tell everybody what you're doing now. Um, so I, I left, uh, I left Milwaukee and we are now in Nashville. Um, and I opened a adventure ropes course. It's a big outdoor adventure park um, here in Nashville. And uh, it's pretty awesome. We've got a, a big giant obstacle tower with 120 different obstacles that you climb across. You harness up and clip in and, and climb and play. And then we built some uh, mini golf around it. And now it's a, now it's a grind for, for different reasons. It's all for, for me instead of the organization. But I absolutely love it. Right. Oh my gosh. That's awesome. I remember when, uh, we were at IAPA together and I think you had just purchased it at that point. And yeah, I went up on the one that they had there and just absolutely loved it. I really recommend anybody swinging through there that, uh, they swing in and, and, uh, check it out. It's yeah. Amazing. It's called, um, it's called soar adventure tower. You can go to soaradventuretower.com. Um, but yeah, we're, uh, we're just about 15 miles South of Nashville and for sure come by and check it out. And I'm usually here. So if you do come by and check it out, make sure you stop in and say hello. Right on, right on. I still have to get down there to, uh, to check it out. I have not been down there in a while, but ton of fun. Hey, so, um, what else before we, we wrap this up, um, anything else that, uh, uh, about Bango or um, anything crazy out of the norm or anything really uh, uh, heartfelt or, or something that uh, um, is dear to your heart even? Um, I think there's some stuff. There's always, always stories. I mean, um, I mean you could just take, you could take a whole hour and right? just talk about one season. I mean, it, there's just, so much that happens it is i mean there's there are that many moments it's it's pretty incredible um i think one of the i'll just touch on um on all-star you know all-star was a a lot of fun um you know they only take about 10 about eight to ten mascots a year to all-star and i had a lot of a lot of good memories and a lot of bad memories with all-star 
Um, <laughs> As do we all. Yep. Yep. You get, you get some, you know, some cool experiences in life just to be there. But, um, you know, I did manage to tear my ACL there. So, um, <sighs> that was kind of a bummer. Um, that was my first ACL tear at all-star. Um, and you I know that. Like worst, worst story, but it's not, um, <clears throat> the other one was, uh, I got kicked out or locked out of the arena on game day. What? what? Unbelievable. So I had, um, you know, when you, you're, you're there and you've got these appearances and you, you jump in a costume and you go do the red carpet and you go do these little events here and there and you go back in. Well, right. I was, you know, about to go do the, the red carpet walk, but right before I had gone out, I had gotten a, a tweet or a, I don't even know what it was, but something from the, ESPN RV. You remember when they used to do those commercials? Yep. And I had just done a commercial for ESPN with Brandon Jennings and uh, Bengal running across the road like a deer in headlights. Um, and so I had just got that commercial and they had seen that I was an all-star and they said, hey, Bango, stop by the RV and say hello. Um, and so I finished my appearance there on the red carpet and then I walked around to the other front plaza um, where the RV was. And I, you know, did a little interaction there and interacted with people and took some pictures and had some fun, but I had stepped away from where the red carpet was. Well, when I finished up there, I went back to the arena and tried to go in and security just jumped on me and said, you can't go in there. You, where's your credential? And I looked at the guy like in costume and threw my arms up in the air and like, you know, pointed at my Jersey and they wouldn't have it. Like the guy was just an egotistical. <laughs> so, so no, like, there's, no, there's none I'm of those happy. in security. I, and at this point I realized that I'm not going anywhere with this guy. Like this guy's not having it. Like I can't. So I went around to the other side of the building and was going to go in the doors over on the other side of the building. Meanwhile, he radios to everybody saying, Hey, there's a, there's a mascot trying to get into the building. Don't let this guy in. Oh my gosh, so no. I go to the other side and I get totally shoved up against the wall and saying, you cannot go in here. You've been told we're going to call the police. And I'm like, call the police. <laughs> at this point, I decided to talk in costume. I was like, you know what? I said, my credentials in my locker room. Like, this is ridiculous. I need to get in there. The game was about to start. Like, you know, I think it was about a half an hour before the game was to start. Maybe an hour before. But, but I was just furious and they told me they that guy that security guard escorted me like with my arms behind my back and meanwhile I, i'm in costume i'm representing my brand and i am being forced across the street like they won't even let me on the premise at this point and he says <laughs> if you come back on this premise you will be arrested oh and my I, gosh and all i can think in my head is bango gets arrested at all-star like all i could think of is bango getting put into the back of a cop car cuffed at all stop. So I didn't know what to do. Like, I kind of was like, man, wh where do I go? I couldn't talk. I didn't have a phone. And so I ended up going over to jam session where they do the, you know, the interactive events, um, which was like, I don't know, four or five blocks away, um, which was not fun at all star to be walking around, you know, with, with no help for five blocks. But I finally got to jam fest and I found like a, a back entrance and I got into jam fest. <laughs> and got through got through security there and i got over to center court and i found one of the old game ops directors that, and all those events were over right they're shutting down jam fest because the game is starting yeah right. yeah that's what happened and so there's only just a few people around so finally i find someone i take off my head like you know there's no fans around and i was like i need some help like i'm supposed to be over at the arena i've been stuck outside for the last hour and a half like you got to get me in like <clears throat> meanwhile the game started no one can like really leave to come like bring me a credential and they wouldn't they couldn't escort me in so i finally got to the game at halftime <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh what a debacle i came back in i took off my costume and i was like i'm done <laughs> like i'm not doing this like there's no way i'm not performing now yeah and by the way uh just so that everybody knows this is not like a paid thing for you know these guys it's you know hey you're asked by the team and the nba to go over there represent and uh you're not paid anything extra i mean you get to per diem and things like that but it's it's not a it's not a paid gig it's not 
you know, anything that we make big bucks on. Um, no, no, you're there. You're there for the league. You know, you're yeah. there. You're there to help. You know, and you know, just promote, help your, your, your promote your team and your brand and stuff. But it's yeah, it's not a paid gig. And you know, I, I was so frustrated. I mean, I mean, I, <laughs> I, so I, I was. Oh, I can still. I still get worked up thinking about it. <laughs> I literally. I would have, knowing me, I would have said, "Go ahead, arrest me. I'm. I'm. Go ahead, please arrest me." <laughs> I would have been. I would have been. Yeah, that that's the stance I probably would have taken. And, and I and I just couldn't I couldn't get the image of Bango in handcuffs getting put into the back of a cop car out of my head, and I was like, I, I just can't let that happen. Like, it probably would have been awesome. <laughs> I know. I uh, <laughs> in hindsight, it would have been a great story. I would have um, been thinking, okay, yeah, I'm getting you know, I'm getting back at these security guards. That's what I'd be doing. <laughs> that's what I'd be thinking. But uh, yeah, I probably oh. would have not have turned out very good for me if i was in the same situation so yeah oh gosh but i ended up i ended up giving in and, and gone out and performed but you know what i did is i was like you know what i've i'm done with the, the i'm gonna just go in the crowd and so i did i put my costume back on i spent the entire fourth quarter just working the crowd walking around the stands interacting with people and just doing what i'd love to do and i just just got rid of the you know the all the ugh, all the nonsense it was oh so mad right <laughs> uh why well i gotta hand it, it to why you bango doing and you know, you know you find out like well they were gonna do this or why didn't bango participate in this stuff i'm like you know what bango was not having a good day <laughs> that's right just let him uh, yeah. let him get it all out of his system over there and uh, yeah. everything will be fine and then i got labeled and then i got labeled at all-star so i don't think i did all-star for like three or four years after that because i got labeled as high maintenance <laughs> Yeah, Which I can see that. I'm like, what did I do? Like, it wasn't me. So I know a lot of times if you have a voice, then you're, you're you get labeled. So, yep. It if, is. I remember know. one year I fought for we were we were supposed to do a, a, a dunk show at the, you know, the Jam Fest. And they gave us an hour. I think the year before we did the same thing, but it was one of my first times. And they said, well, I said, well, what's the plan? They said, I don't know, just go out there and entertain for an hour. And I was like, how, like, like, really? That's what you're, and, and it was like, you, we just had to fill an hour. And that was, that was what the mascots just had center court for an hour. We were supposed to just go do our thing with no planning or prep or they didn't tell us. And so the next year at all-star, I was like, well, we need, you know, to plan or we need court time. And so I fought pretty hard at all-star one year for, for us to get just an hour of rehearsal time. And, um, <laughs> it's terrible. We finally get rehearsal time. I, you know, fought these guys tooth and nail, and I get there. And the only time available was like nine or ten in the morning. And sure enough, nine or ten in the morning doesn't work for other mascots because I show up and no one else showed up for rehearsal. <laughs> <laughs> so I fought tooth and nail to get us rehearsal, and everyone's like, "Yeah, this is awesome." And then I was the only one that showed up. So, oh man, awesome. yeah. It's always, it's always an adventure and, or it's like, Hey, be there. Um, we need you there at eight thirty AM for, uh, for rehearsals or whatever. And you get there and they're like, yeah, okay, we'll get you on. Um, you know, you're scheduled in for noon. Wait, wait, what? <laughs> right. No, no, no. Okay. And then it comes, you know, but stay here, you know, don't go anywhere just in case we can get you on sooner. <laughs> no, that's never happening. Yeah, then about right. four o'clock. It's like, well, okay, you you guys are going on standby, standby. We've been standing by. Oh wait, <laughs> no, never mind. We don't need, never mind. We don't need you. Never mind. Yeah. Now it's like, okay, now, oh yeah, no, we don't need you. But yeah. that usually comes at about nine p.m. Yeah. <laughs> so. uh, my my wife went into uh, my wife went into labor one time while I was at All Star. So, oh, that was a mess. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. I think All-Star. I heard about that. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, always, always, all, it always comes back to All-Star. All-Star was always an interesting thing for me. <laughs> oh, wow. Good times, man. Well, I'll tell you what, I love talking to you, Kevin. We need, we don't, we don't talk enough and, and uh, we need to chat more because, man, you got some great stories and uh, I miss, uh, I miss interacting with you. So, yeah, for sure. Thanks for reaching out. Man, I'm glad, yeah. Glad to do this for you. I got to tell you, when I first met Kevin, though, he was, uh, just he's just a quiet guy he's just a quiet unassuming um i mean you know he just looks like you know just the the nice clean cut guy that uh 
um, you know, you'd never think would put on a costume, go out there and kill it like he, uh, like he did, boy, he would, and, and, a, and a gymnast just beyond, uh, compare. I mean, he's really just an amazing athlete. So I think the league is really missing out, not having you there, but I'm glad you're doing well. I'm glad that, uh, you know, you got this new gig going on and, uh, I'm glad it's going well. So, uh, appreciate you coming on, man. Got some yeah, great thank you. stories. Thanks, thanks for having me. It's always always fun, and I'll tune in and listen to all the other guys' stories, and and would love to see you out here in Nashville. Right on, man. I'll get down there. Let's keep in touch. If you ever all need right. anything, let me know, and yeah, we'll wrap this up. This has been Between the Fur with Ken, professional mascot, talking to other professional mascots. Hey, Kevin, have a great day. Thank you so much. Sounds good, buddy. See ya. All right, we'll see ya. Bye bye.